Hey, I'm Jamie Glowacki, and you are listening to Oh Crap, I Love My Toddler, But Holy Fuck. This is a podcast for conscious parents who drop the F-bomb a lot. Okay, we are on podcast number 13, and this one is They Just Won't Listen. (laughs) So one of the biggest complaints I get is, my kids don't listen to me. How can I get them to listen? They just don't listen. So today, I'd like to go through the myriad of things that could be happening, because, yeah, I mean, they could be ignoring you for sure, but there's also a shit ton of things that could be at play here, mostly due to this huge overarching thing called not yet developed executive functioning. So first, let's hit up the most basic things that could be going on. First and foremost, what a lot of parents don't realize is that it can take a kid up to 45 seconds to hear and process your words. Up to 45 seconds, you guys. (laughs) Now, think of the times that you say something and expect an immediate response from your kid, right? Too often we say something and then we give them this like tiny window of time to respond. Another really basic thing is that we use way too many words. This is a particular flaw in us females, huge generalization here, but we usually have a thousand browser tabs open in our heads and we'll let you know a little bit about each of them at any given time. There is a place, yes, for, you know, this gorgeous, expansive language that's descriptive and vocabulary building for your child. However, when you're trying to get them to do a task or to listen to you, now is not the time. Yeah, your kid doesn't really give a rat's ass about the superfluous things around this task. And I will give you some super concrete examples of this in a minute so you can be really clear about it. But yeah, when you want your kid to do something, you want them to listen, shaving language is incredibly important because They just don't have the skills yet to take in all the words and then prioritize them. That's a huge thing. So another basic thing, when you speak to your child, are you interrupting them, right? Are they playing? Are they entrenched in something? So remember, our kids are actually tiny humans. And I often use this example with parents. So let's say you're reading a really great book super into it, right? And your spouse, or let's just say me, I call you from a distance and I'm like, hey, we got to get going. Let's go. You might kind of hear me, but you're also tracking like, you know, when we're reading a really good book, we're going to end it when the action's over or the end of a chapter, or at least at a uh, a break, a, a paragraph break or a subject break, right? We're entrenched in it. And now somebody calls you from the other room. And again, you're hearing it kind of fuzzy, kind of not really. Now imagine that that same person comes up to you, grabs the book out of your hand and says, I told you we need to go. Holy shit. If somebody did that to me as an adult, I would clock you, right? So rude. So this happens so many times. Our kids are entrenched in something, deep play, which, you know, is their work, you guys, right? So like just because they're playing with their trains or their baby dolls or whatever they're playing with, right? They still get to go into it as deeply as we do with a crappy fiction book, right? So we go, we say something from another room. They appear to not listen. 
And then we get angry and we go and grab the thing or we get short with them or we start in with like consequences or just we go in with this contentious attitude. And of course, we're met with a shitty attitude back. We're, I'm, like I said, I would hit you, man. <laughs> Can we blame our three-year-olds for like freaking out, right? Now, this also brings up another basic thing, which is, you know, are you cutting their activity short? So if they're in the middle of something, not only might they not be hearing you, but what if they want to wrap up their activity? If they're telling themselves a story, if they're in the middle of something, yeah, maybe they want to finish it. Just like you want to get to the end of the chapter or the end of the action. Very few of us, I think, interrupt reading in the middle of a sentence, right? There is some sort of normal completion. And again, I'm just using that as one example. But if your child, you know, if your child's playing with her baby doll, maybe she needs to wrap up that activity, right? If we're catching them right in the middle of something, human reaction, it's just human to get a shitty reaction, right? So that could be another thing that's happening. Don't worry, this is actually a place where I can give you some really good concrete strategies. I know sometimes I can't (laughs) for, you know, every situation, but this is one that I can give you. So we're going to get to that in a minute. But we also have to delve into this larger encompassing reason that your child may appear to not be listening. And as I said in the beginning, this is called executive functioning. So the technical definition here is a set of processes that all have to do with managing oneself and one's resources in order to achieve a goal. It's an umbrella term for the neurologically based skills involving mental control and self-regulation. The three main areas are working memory, cognitive flexibility, which is flexible thinking, and inhibitory control, which is self-control. Okay, you guys, let's go over those again. Flexible thinking, self-control, and working memory. (laughs) These are all the things that toddlers and preschoolers really suck at. Yeah, executive functioning is also responsible for paying attention organizing and prioritizing, starting tasks and staying focused on them to completion, and understanding different points of view, as well as self-monitoring. I hope you're laughing, right? I hope you're understanding like how crazy it is that we would have an expectation of our toddlers to be able to hear tasks and just do them effortlessly, right? Clearly, our little ones have not yet developed these skills. We're not born with these skills, you guys. We develop them. Yeah. And I can tell you right now, most parents I work with, they're completely expecting too much in this area. Kids are inherently not good at any of this. And it is a long ass developmental process that takes up most of childhood. In other words, Just because your child does it once doesn't mean it's going to happen again. In other words, just because you think you made some progress, it's this is a hard development. It goes through all of childhood. So keep in mind, you know, so many people say, well, you know, she went, she did fine yesterday. You know, she listened to me yesterday. Yeah, It doesn't mean she's going to be able to complete the task, you know, prioritize, organize the information. It's an ongoing process. Yeah. So I want to go through a classic example that I use in my book, just so that you can kind of wrap your head around this in a very, very concrete way. And one of the, oh, I think the most classic examples is go put on your shoes, right? <laughs> I hear parents bitching all the time, like, holy shit, just, I just asked you to go put on your shoes. Like, this isn't rocket science. But 
it kind of is at this age, okay? Believe it or not, it is a big freaking deal to hear and process that seemingly simple statement in the right order. So it's this is really hard to conceptualize. So seriously, the words coming out of your mouth, like think of them as sort of floating over to your child's ears, yeah? And they arrive in a different order. Now, you and I do this effortlessly, right? Because we're grownups, because we've had lots of practice, because we've heard the English language, you know, for many, 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 many years, some of us more than others, right? But your child's new. And remember, they've been like concentrating on other skills, like learning language, like eating, like walking, you know, all these basics the first couple of years of life, right? So this is a relatively new skill. So the words sort of, you know, float over to them and they may land in a different order, yeah? So even that very first step, just hearing, go put on your shoes, that can actually be crazy. So they have to put these words in order and they might be hearing it super jumbled up, like, you know, shoes go put on, right? <laughs> now, your kid doesn't listen, right? Go put on your shoes, doesn't listen. So let's let's run through those things we've already talked about. Did you interrupt them from some deep play? Did they even hear you? Were you across the room or were you even in another room? So remember that reading example, right? If you're into something, you might hear somebody, but it's kind of fuzzy. It's kind of in the background. It's like, uh-huh. You don't really, really hear them, right? So make sure we have to factor in, did they hear me? Let's say they start to go, right? Because there's a couple of things going on. There's go, there's put on, and there's your shoes, right? There's three distinct portions to that sentence. So they start with the go. You said go, <laughs> but they were unable to complete the tasks, right? So let's go back to those executive fun functioning skills, which is starting tasks and staying focused on them to completion. So, and also paying attention, right? Were they paying attention? Did they hear you? Organizing and prioritizing. Were they able to hear those words and organize them in their head and prioritize them? Did they start the task yet lose focus on the way to completion, right? <laughs> so so they go to go put on their shoes. And how many distractions were along the way? Where are their shoes? So let's assume they heard you and they're starting their task, but now the shoes are in the front hall and they have to pass the playroom. Well, who can blame your toddler for sort of floating into the to the playroom? And, you know, you're running late and you're like, holy shit, why are you in the playroom? I told you to go put on your shoes. They drifted, right? They don't have that yet to start a task, focus on it to completion. And of course, I hope you know you can extrapolate this to other circumstances. I'm just using the put on your shoes because it's such a classic example. So you can see how this one seemingly basic request can get totally muddled and can really look like, oh my God, this kid is not listening to me, right? So let's talk about some actual strategies to sort of fix this, right? Number one, first and foremost, we have got to slow down. So if we're asking our child to do something, we have to factor in that 45 minutes to hear. We have to factor in that kids don't hear things very fast. They need time to process. They need time to actually complete. They may need help along the way. So you have to slow down. Now, I'm going to take a little tangent here because so many parents I work with are rushed. This go put on your shoes happens in the morning, 
when everybody's late. Yeah. And everybody's super rushed and mom's like, put on your shoes. And the kid just, you find them in the playroom or you find them in the front hall with all the shoes and they haven't really managed to put on any of the shoes, right? So you guys, this is super important. And, you know, I'm not into, I'm really not into the mom guilt. I'm really not into the parenting guilt, but there are a few areas that we control and you have to control the things you can. Being rushed in the morning is one of them. I was just working with a client who like their bedtime schedule is kind of screwy. Everybody sleeps too late. They literally have 20 minutes from wake up to getting in the car. And that's for breakfast, getting dressed. You are the parent. You are the grown up. You have got to change that. That is too rushed for a toddler. And the, the reality is they were dealing with freaking ridiculous meltdowns, 30 minute meltdowns, right? Making them all late. And I was like, get up earlier. You all need to fix the nighttime. We had to fix the, the bedtime routine. So everybody was getting to bed earlier so that there wasn't this 20 minutes in the morning. Now that's extreme, but you have to figure out if you are always feeling rushed in the morning, something has to change and you have to shift that yourself. You're the grown up. You're in charge of time management. So what I find is that that right away, everybody's too rushed. And then we get into this toddler reaction because you need to slow down. Toddler time is very, very slow. We have to give them time to process and and do these things. And they are going to need your help. It's not just that they're slow. It's that they're going to need your help along the way. So we're slowing down, right? You want to talk less. So What happens, especially if we're rushed, but sometimes not, is we give too much information. You know, honey, what are you doing? I asked you to put on your shoes. Mommy's going to be late. I have a very important meeting today. And if I'm late, my boss is going to be so angry with me. And you don't want mommy's boss to be angry with her, do you? And if you get to school late, you're going to miss the morning snack. And you get very sad when you miss the snack. Holy shit, you lost your kid. It's blah, 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 blah at this point in time, right? They are not able to take in all that information. It's wild, but we have got to slow down. You have to repeat the simple task that you are asking them to do. So instead of all that language, which sometimes I think we just, we need to hear ourselves speak so that we don't get, um, so we don't get aggravated. We don't get angry. We're going to just meter out some language for them. But don't do that. It's, you're going to lose them and you're going to get frustrated because their mind has shut down. They can't take in that information. So if you need to say something, just repeat, repeat, you know, let's put on your shoes. It's time to go. Let's put on your shoes. It's time to go. This overflows into my potty training work too. You know, I'll have parents trying, you know, using way too much language. I'm like, no safety for children. Routine and boundaries comes around like one simple phrase that you repeat over and over again. And the child, you know, will, it will start to sink in. So that simple task. Yeah. And of course, and we're going to talk about this in a second. They may need help, right? <laughs> Make sure you're making eye contact. Yeah. When you want your child to do something, when you need them to listen to you, don't yell it across the room. Don't be in another room. You're in the kitchen. They're in the living room. And you're like, hey, it's almost time for dinner. Go wash your hands. Your little one is not going to hear that. That's, you know, older kids can hear and process that faster, but your your under five crowd is not going to hear that. So what you need to do is go to them, make that eye contact and tell them, hey, honey, you know, I need you to go put on your shoes. You're going to get a much better reaction 
if you make eye contact. Plus, you know that they've heard you, right? You can absolutely look them in the eye and know that they've heard you, which brings us to did they hear you, right? (laughs) If you're not making eye contact, you can't really be sure. Now, the other thing, it's a little bit of a tangent. Let's go into how to get them out of deep play. So let's see your child is really in deep play and some kids go deeper than others, earlier than others. So um, typically most kids don't sink into really deep play until about three and a half, but again, it can be much earlier. Some deep play things, if your child is into, I've seen uh, trains, trains and truck truck play and baby doll play, kitchen play, those kinds of things tend to, the child sinks really deep because they're becoming what they're playing with, right? And there's there's a story going on in their head and it may not be a fleshed out, articulated story, but there is definitely something happening. And so what happens is if you try to pull your child out of this, you're going to get a really strong, shitty reaction. So we want to bridge We want to help them wrap up the activity, but we also want to bridge their attention. And this works really well for physical play. This also works really well for digital play. So if they're on their iPad or playing a game or watching a show or something, this can be very helpful as well. Because screen time, they sink into screen time as well. Before the age of seven, kids think that they are in the screen with the whatever it is in front of them. And so they're they're literally like in it. And so What happens is you often get a shitty reaction when we try to pull the kid out too fast. So how do you do that? So you take a little bit of time and you sit with the child and you watch them play. Then you start to ask them questions and you will like literally they'll have this like far away voice like, yeah, kind of spacey because they're still in the play. And so we're kind of bringing them from their world back into our world, our reality. And it was so funny because I was work, working with a dad and his, he just, he was so frustrated. He was ready to like pull this kid's train table because the little one would get so involved in the trains that the dad couldn't, the kid wasn't listening. The dad couldn't get him to do anything. And it was this huge thing around trains, which I sympathize with because my son was really into trains as well. So we worked on this bridging attention. And so dad would get down on the floor and and the kid was playing with like the wooden trains, you know, like Thomas. And it, the dad was so cute. He, he on one of our sessions, he was like, oh my God, Jamie, he is the train. Like he's the wheels of the train. And I was like, yeah, he's totally in this deep play with the trains. He is the train. He is the wheels. So then the dad would sit with him and start to play and start to like help him. And then he would start asking him questions. And then, you know, with like five minutes, after like five minutes, he would say, okay, you know, it's time for the trains to go to the wheelhouse. They have to go to bed because we need to eat dinner. And the kid, you know, would wrap up. He would interact with the dad and he would wrap up the activity. All said and done, you guys, this took about 10 to 15 minutes. Such a great interaction though, right? Rather than yelling and screaming and thinking your kid's not listening to you. Same thing again, like with an iPad, you know, if your kid's watching a show on the iPad and it's like Paw Patrol, when it's time for to wrap up the, the show or the game or the activity, sit down next to them, sit down next to them and watch with them and then ask questions. Oh, who's this character? What's this character doing? And that way they're kind of in our world. And they bridge over to our world. So shutting down can be phenomenally easier. Now, I know some kids are just 
crazy ass after some screen time. So that's that's your choice. But if this helps get off the device much, much faster and easier. So make sure you're helping them, you know, not only bridge the attention, but wrap up the activity. Oh, you know, your little one's playing with a baby doll, you know. Oh, it's time for the baby to go to bed now. Okay, let's clean up the kitchen. It's it's bedtime because we need to eat dinner. So give them some assistance in wrapping up the activity so they feel that closure and then you can move on. Breaking down the task. This is another strategy. Go put on your shoes. How can you make this more manageable for a child who may not be able to start the task and have the focus to completion? For a child who has no self-control yet because they haven't developed it, right? For a child who can't organize and prioritize the task at hand because they haven't developed this yet. So our job is to teach, right? And teaching isn't yelling the same thing over and over again. Teaching is like shifting our perspective, shifting the task, shifting what we're asking. Yeah. So how can we break that one statement down into something smaller to help them, to help them with completion? So first off, like, where are your shoes? What you might have to do with something like this is you might have to, um, you know, have them go get something. So go get something and bring it back to you is a very manageable task, right? And it's a lot easier for the child to stay focused on that one thing. So you might have to say, hey, go to the front hall and please bring me your purple shoes. Yeah. Can you go to the front hall and please bring me your purple shoes? Making eye contact, make sure they heard you. Very easy. And you can even say, you know, can you do it in 10 seconds? You know, get a race going on so that they really stay focused, right? So your little one brings you the purple shoes. Okay, can you put this one on and I'll put the other one on? You can even throw in right and left to start teaching right and left, right? You put on the right one, I'll put on the left one. You are helping. You are helping. I know you guys that putting on your shoes seems like the easiest freaking task in the world, but you know our little ones get totally overwhelmed with the smallest amount of things, right? It's okay to help your child. <laughs> we go through this with potty training. It's so freaking... Uh, oh my God, I get so, I don't know what the word is, sad, I guess, because parents are like, it's been three days and she can't even wipe her own butt and she's not asking to go. And I'm like, holy shit, could we help our kids just a little bit? It's okay to help your child with these skills, okay? So helping her put on her shoes is okay. Okay, now you do you do the straps. You can have her do the Velcro straps or whatever you've got, or maybe you need to tie them. What else? There, shoes are on, all set. Let's get going. So you see, we broke down the task into some more manageable pieces. So I can almost guarantee just by listening to this this episode that you will start to hear different things. And so it, this is a practice, just like all of parenting is a practice. And we want to, we're not aiming for perfection, but I want you to practice like hearing things. How can I break this down? If my child's not listening, How? what else can I do? Can I break the task down to make it a little more manageable? So all these things, bridging attention, slowing down, allowing the child to wrap up activities, breaking down the tasks, these all require time, right? Like the dad with the train, that was about a 10 to 15 minute deal. So number one, it's really up to you to not put yourself in a time crunched corner. There are always going to be times where we have to go and we have to like go now and we're super late. Of course, those are going to happen. And 
of course, your child is going to react better if those are intermittent and not all the time, right? If this is every morning, you guys, it's up to you to change the time management, okay? And I'm just going to be really strong about that. <laughs> now, what happens is most parents I work with freak out when we talk about this bridging attention, slowing down, making eye contact, helping with the shoes. I literally, almost every family I work with is like, I don't have that kind of time. I don't have that kind of time in the morning. Great. But you came to me because you're losing 30 plus minutes to epic meltdowns and yelling, right? So would you rather spend that 30 minutes yelling and having your kid break down and have the like shittiest start to your morning ever? Or do you want to spend that time meeting your kid with some fucking love where they are at developmentally? Like where do you make a choice? And this is a really hard thing. And I, I want to, I want to say this, and this might be a long little tangent here because this comes up in potty training and parenting, right? I don't have magic. Parents come to me with magic. They don't want to change a single thing, but they think I have some magic words that will get their child to listen or get their child to poop in the potty, right? I don't. What I can do is learn about your child, learn about your routine, and we craft a plan like that, right? So if you don't want to change anything and you're not going to look at where your child's development is at, yeah, I can't just make a toddler listen. I'm good, but I'm not that good. That's some kind of freaky voodoo magic, right? You can't come to me and say, well, I need a toddler who responds fast because I'm on a rush in the morning and I want my toddler to listen to me and do everything on time the way I would like it done. Please do that for me. That's not how it works. And so please don't, I don't, I don't know where this is coming from. Maybe it's the instant gratification of like social media or email that we can just have this contact like super fast. I don't know, but people are expecting absolute miracles without changing a thing. And that doesn't happen, right? So again, do you want to choose to spend 15 to 30 minutes in a horrible battle with your child? Or do you want to spend 10 to 15 minutes meeting them where they're at and having this like loving relationship? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious what I would choose. So I want to close out today with a meme that I see floating around on Instagram and Facebook that I just adore. And it is, if you have to tell a child something a thousand times, perhaps it's not the child who is stupid. So if you are ripping your hair out, right, and what's Einstein's definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, right? something has to shift. So if you think your kids aren't listening, it's not because they're bad kids. You know, once you get into like six, seven, eight, nine years old and they're not listening, you've probably created a bad habit. You probably need stronger boundaries, right? So so for sure, we can get into not listening in the older years, but when they're under five, we have to look at all these things. Slow down, talk less, make eye contact. Did they actually hear you? How do you bridge their attention? Wrap up the activity, break down the task, right? These are the skills that we need to help them with. Because again, these executive skills, I'm going to go through them, these executive function skills, paying attention, organizing and prioritizing, starting tasks and staying focused to completion, understanding different points of view, self-monitoring, flexible thinking, self-control, working memory, all the things that our toddlers actually really do suck at because 
they're not developed. So it's our job to help them. Remember, just shifting some basic things can really make a difference in the the horrible, shitty reactions you're seeing from your little one. All right, I'm going to sign off for today. You can always go to jamieglowacki.com for the super cool latest updates, including the launch of my new book, Yummy New Book Presale Treats, when we release new episodes, and how to work with me directly. And of course, if you need any potty training help, there's a handy link there that will take you to all my potty training resources, including all my courses. That's the Oh Crap Potty Training online course, my pooping solutions course, and my night training supplement. And if you need additional help, how to book with a certified Oh Crap consultant. That's all at jamieglowacki.com. Have a beautiful day and rock on.